Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Knights of the Pages Library. I am Bo Knight, and I am joined, as always, by Ryan Knight. And today, we are off on a simple side quest where we are nothing but simple squires, where we are delving into the realm of anime, and we are looking at a new anime now, Cowboy Bebop, which we both have never seen. Yeah, this one will be new for both of us, which is, uh, which is both good and bad, because I think this is widely, you know, pretty Beloved. popular. Yeah, I think this is pretty popular, um, and the show is definitely not new by any means. Uh, this the show originally <laughs> aired back in 1998, um, but I'm sure a lot of people will know that there was a live action one done recently on Netflix, which we will talk about coming up too. Um, so because this is the first episode of a new series, we're going to go over some generalities of the show just to kind of uh, give an overall about it. Um, as far as the genre, who created it, and stuff like that. Um, and then we will cover three episodes of the show. And then from this point on, it will just be uh, every three episodes for anybody who's new here. So, yeah. So if you want to like watch along with the show, you watch like the, uh, the next three episodes. And then by the time we release the episode, you'd probably be done watching them and you can watch along and see what we had to say. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of like an anime book club type thing. Uh, we are fully expecting you to have seen the episodes before you listen to this because we're going to spoil it completely. So <laughs> just so you know. Somebody's mad about this anime from 1998. What the <laughs> yeah. fuck? I was saving that. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting to watch this. Thanks a lot, scumbag. Yeah. You um, clicked on the podcast. It's on you. <laughs> but there, there you go. There's your spoiler warning. We are going to... Uh, spoil the first three episodes on this one so if you really want to follow along pause this go watch the three episodes and then come back and hear what we have to say about it yeah. and then if you have anything to say to us about it please feel free to email us kotpl.pod at gmail.com send us uh any of your thoughts your uh you know your comments questions concerns praise anything you want also if you're a voice actor listening to this I would love to talk to you. So you should definitely email us. Yeah, that's actually a good point. We, uh, one thing we're also trying to do on this is uh, get to know some of the, you know, some of the voices behind these forms of entertainment, whether that be uh, audiobook narration, whether that be voiceovers for cartoons or any of that kind of stuff. We would, we would love to talk to people about that and kind of get some inside information about some of that stuff. So if you, are a voice actor or you know of a voice actor or something like that please feel free to contact us if being on our show is something you'd be interested in yeah so with that you want to get started on this uh yes please <clears throat> okay so cowboy bebop um from some of the background reading i did on this uh wait you did reading well wikipedia reading come on Okay. Like, <laughs> um, so bad. I didn't read anything. No, I just just looking through some of the stuff uh, that's out there on the internet. Basically, um, the genre of cowboy bebop, uh, in its most base form, is considered both neo noir and space western, which basically is a genre unto itself. Is it really? Yeah. So basically that's kind of what they put this out there as is it's almost like its own genre it started this kind of space okay. western style of 
writing, essentially. I'm sure there's other things out there now, but I want to say this was kind of paving the way for that. Um, and so this show was created by, and I'm sorry, again, if I, if I butcher some of these names, I am not Japanese and I do not know how to pronounce these properly, but I will try. Um, this one was created by Hajime Yatate. Is that how you think you say that? Dude, I'm not the one. There's a reason I let you say these. <laughs> I'll dig my grave. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, it was directed by Shinichiro Watanabe. Which okay, I think you, that one was right. You, well, you'll recognize that one. That's the same guy who did Samurai Champloo. Yeah, I mean, definitely when we get into the show, because there's a lot of parallels to draw here. Sure. Uh, and the show was originally produced by Masahiko... Minami and Kazuhiko Ikeguchi, I believe. So you say that one. Uh, it was written by Kaiko Kiko, Kai Kiko Nobumoto. And the music was done by Yoko Kano, which I believe she's kind of a big deal. Um, just looking through some of this stuff. Um there's a Makes whole sense. article in here about her alone just doing the music. Um, Makes sense. The music is pretty good. I was going to say, and we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. As we go into the show, because uh, yeah, I think there is um, some standout stuff in this show as far as music goes. Um, and the original studio to produce this one was sunrise in Japan. Um, it was licensed in a couple different places, uh, Australia, North America, and the UK by a couple different uh, studios. And the original network to air this in Japan was called uh, TXN or TV Tokyo. And then there was another studio and somebody else might have to fully explain this to me. It's called uh, Wow, like Wow Wow. And when we get into this a little bit more with the episodes, some of the episodes were not released on all the networks. Um, wait really yeah if you look That's super bizarre yeah like actually the original show on tv tokyo started on the third episode interesting so the ones yeah. that we didn't even watch we yeah well the, i mean the third episode yeah yeah so the first two were it was on like the english for adult swim and it was also on this wow wow network but yeah, it wasn't released on the uh, TV Tokyo network for some reason. Hmm. Um, and it was picked up by a whole bunch of English uh, networks to dub. Um, and so for both Australia, I believe, and for the United States, it was Adult Swim, and specifically um, Toonami on Adult Swim is where most of us, including myself, would have seen it as a young kid. So, um, and the original runtime for this show on the original TV Tokyo network was April 3rd, 1998 to June 26th, 1998. And then on that Wow Wow network, it was October 24th, 1998 to april 24th 1999 so there's also a discrepancy as far as like they weren't being released at the same time either yeah that is odd yeah and i don't fully understand it um 
And then the uh, the English dub for Adult Swim actually didn't start until September 3rd, 2001. So three years later. I think dubbing takes a long time. Oh, I'm sure it does. Um, and then that ran on uh, Adult Swim until November 26th, 2001. Uh, this show has 26 episodes that we're going to cover. There was also a film made based on this show. Uh, <laughs> we were laughing at this right before we hit record. Uh, the, this is silly to me. The anime film was called Cowboy Bebop, Knocking on Heaven's Door. But in English, for some reason, it just came out as Cowboy Bebop, the movie yeah do we take offense to like heaven maybe you didn't want to anger us i i don't know it is kind of weird though um and it was released in 2001 in japan and then it was released in the united states in 2003 um and let's see so there was also a live action series that most people might know was recently released on netflix but that live action series was in production and like in the process for quite a while. Uh, it actually started all the way back in like 2017 that they were going to release this. Um, and it looks like it went through a lot of different things. And in 2018, actually Netflix announced that they would be doing it. Um, and it was, <laughs> they released one season of it and it was pretty much immediately canceled. Yeah, I haven't heard uh, good things. No, apparently it was not nearly as well received as the original anime show. Um, there was also a video game released for this. Um, actually, there might have been more than one. Yeah, there's actually two video games released based on this show. Uh, if anybody knows exactly what they are about or what kind of game they are, please let us know because I didn't look up anything about these. I just wanted to include it, though that there has been a lot of things, you know, movies and games and things released surrounding this show. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. I, I mean, I definitely, when I ask people, like, what's your favorite anime? This comes up a lot. I would, yeah, I was going to say, this would be one that I think I've heard quite a bit people mention to me as well, being their favorite. Begging me to watch it. Sure. And so here we are. Here we are checking it out now. Um, and you're about to get our opinion about it, whether you want it or not. I guess we don't oh, want it. Damn. <laughs> Whether you, it, I guess if you don't want it, you can just turn the show off, but we're trying to give that. it to you. Yeah, yeah. If something makes you angry, you don't have to keep going. Right. You just yeah. you can just stop. That's cool. Right. Yeah. And you don't have, I mean, like, you might be upset about it, but also you don't have to, like, you don't have to, <laughs> I, I don't know where I'm going with this. I was going to say you don't have to, like, leave angry comments, but I guess if oh, you no, want to, do it. by all means. <laughs> Come at us. It's just, it's just funny to me, though, when people are like, I absolutely hated this. I can't believe yeah. I sat through the Why whole thing. Why did you torture yourself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take the knife away from your own throat. It's great. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's the great thing about these days. You know, there's so much different entertainment. You, yeah. you can listen to whatever you want. However, if you're still here listening to us, we really appreciate it. So <laughs> Yeah, we appreciate the people who stay. <laughs> um. Yeah, so with that, that's kind of most of the general generalities out of the way. And uh, I think we'll get started here on episode one, Asteroid Blues. 
So this one has a couple different things too that I need to mention. Um, instead of just having a writer and director, this one also gives information on who came up with the storyboard for the episode. So mm -hmm. I will try to include that on each one as well. Um, and on this first one, the storyboard was done by Shinichiro Watanabe. It was directed by Yoshiyuki Takai, and it was written by Kaiko Nobumoto. The original air for this was October 24th, 1998. And then that English dub came out September 3rd, 2001, which is the one that came out on uh, Adult Swim. Yeah, do you want to uh, talk about the voice acting just for like a second before we just jump right in? Oh, yeah, sure. So what do you think about the main guy? This, um, this is actually his first anime. The this guy that one does, was. Yeah. That does Spike? Yes. Oh, okay. So, yeah, because when did uh, Samurai Champloo come out? It was after this, obviously. Yeah, I think so. Um, because uh, this is Mugen from Samurai Champloo that does yeah. uh, that plays Spike, our main character. Yeah, Samurai uh, Champloo came out in 2005. Okay, yeah, so considerably after this. Okay, yeah, so... Um, and I now I feel like piece of shit because i don't know his name off the top of my head um let me see if i can pull that up real quick uh okay so spike spiegel and he is voiced by kochi yamadera in the japanese version and then steve blum in the english yeah version. steve blum yeah and then he was done by john cho in the uh, live action you know harold and kumar guy is that really who that is yeah. <laughs> what were they fucking thinking? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, so I think um, it's funny, though, because uh, having done Samurai Champloo before this, um, I actually didn't realize that this came out so much before that because I thought his acting in this was pretty much just as good as it was in Samurai yeah, Champloo. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, I think he does an amazing job. Um, I also think that the guy who plays Jet, uh, his name is Bo Billingsley, does a really, really good job as well. Yeah, I think the voice acting is probably, it's top tier all the way around. Yeah, I think so too. I think this is a, uh, the voice acting in this is very good. Um, and I, I'd be curious to know if some of that has to do with it also being directed by this Shinichiro Watanabe. Um, because this, this and Samurai Champloo have a lot of kind of mirroring things. They're both very original styles as far as the show itself goes. Yeah. Uh, this one being a little more fantastical, as in my opinion, as far in space. as... Right. Well, both the space... I guess Samurai Champloo, to me, having like the... Um, more like hip-hop inspiration during yeah, the Edo era. Samurai. Yeah. yeah, which is really unique. To me, that's almost more believable, though, than this. And yeah, I get it. They're in space and whatnot. But, and I'll get into that as we kind of talk about the show. Um, I liked the concept of Samurai Champloo, though, more than I like the concept of this show, if that makes sense. That's fair. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that more as we go along. Um, yeah, so this... Uh, the. The show starts off, I kind of like this opening scene that's all in black and white. And you don't know it at the time, obviously, but this is um, this is Spike. 
uh, and he's like smoking a cigarette and you can kind of hear a bell tolling in the background and he drops a cigarette and then he is carrying like a uh, bouquet of flowers as he's walking. Um, and we see one kind of fall into a puddle of water. Um, and then it just literally jumps to like a bunch of people shooting <laughs> like all over the place. Um, you don't really see a whole lot. It's very like artistically done where you see like close-ups of like gun barrels and, and, you know, just flashes and stuff on the wall. And then we see like the lower portion of Spike's face as he's like smiling at the camera, but he, you can see like blood and stuff running down his face. Is this Spike or is it the guy later with the, the red eye? Cause that's who I thought it was. That's a good question. Um, the only reason I thought it was Spike is because, and this is getting a little out of order, he mentions in one of the other episodes that he's been killed before. Yeah, I guess that is true. I assumed that was this part from the very beginning, but you could be right. This could be uh, Asimov also. I can remember his name, Asimov. That's just what I thought it was, but maybe you're right. Maybe it is Spike. Just the... um, the attitude of like him smiling at the camera though reminds me more of Spike than Asimov because Asimov's kind of just crazy. <laughs> unhinged. I feel like that's, yeah. that's pretty much textbook smiling though. Sure. He's smiling like the whole time. <laughs> um, so then we jump into the opening sequence of the show and I'm sorry, but I cannot stand this thing. Yeah, the music is pretty bad. The music is bad. The little sequence of things is bad. Um, and just for me personally i hate it honestly this seems like the kind of thing you would make to make fun of something in my opinion (laughs) you think so i don't think it's that bad i I do that's brutal just just the way it goes that freaking like it just it almost seems like a joke to me uh, yeah but this was like before i think all that stuff was mean to death and you're right and you're absolutely right and i have to remember that that this is a product of its time um, I, I think we should talk about this a little bit. I think this anime is really showing its age to me. Sure. And I know that's not fair, but like coming at it with 20, 22 eyes, it has not been faring that well. Sure. Um, and, I, and we do have to be, I feel like we do have to be careful about that because I actually <laughs> saw an article the other day talking about how, bad halo (laughs) it was how bad halo combat evolved is compared to the games now and they were like they literally said things like compared to the halo games of today and it's like well yeah halo's like 20 fucking years old what do you expect like how can you compare it to something from right now how is that fair so it's not and that's kind of what i was saying yeah um yeah so we'll try to kind of avoid like being like, oh, it's not as good as like an anime that came out yesterday, you know, because that wouldn't be fair. I don't watch that much anime. Let's, I'm going to be honest. I'm like I know stuff that's new. <laughs> um, yeah, we also see in that very first scene too, I forgot to mention that he like pulls out some kind of like, it looks like a C4 like detonator type thing. And he you're, clacks you're it. right though. It is Spike. It's got to be Spike. That, is- well, that's who I assumed it was. But and we don't really get filled in on that information, at least in these first couple episodes. So I'm sure it comes up later on. Um, so this opening shot too, uh, right after the um, 
the uh, opening credit roll sequence, I feel like is a very good establishing shot as far as um, showing you what you're kind of dealing with. So you're seeing like this panning shot of space uh, off of the top of some planet. We don't even know what it is. And you got all these like rings and space stations just littered around this planet. Um, and there's like harmonica music playing. Yeah. So it also gives a pretty interesting juxtaposition between space and like the Western theme they're going for as well. Um, and we can see like, I'm assuming these rings are some sort of like fast traveling system because you can see like ships going in between them and then they like shoot off into space and they disappear. So probably, it's probably a good guess. Um, and so then we see uh, on board of a ship that is presumably in one of these fast travel sequences um, because, you know, you just see stars and stuff rushing past it. But we see uh, some onboard shots of a guy like doing some like martial arts just on his own. And then we see a guy like cooking over an open fire. Um, and the guy who's cooking goes in and he yells at Spike, who was doing the uh, martial arts, um, telling him the food is ready. And he made and, it special. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we get a uh, quick shot of the outside of the ship, and we see that Bebop is just, like, spray-painted on the side of it. It's yeah. definitely not, like... Um, it's super, like, drippy and old, too. I like the way it looks. Yeah. Yeah, so... And then uh, this is where I put down, because this is the first time you hear uh, Spike talk, is when I was like, oh, hey, that's Mugen. <laughs> yeah. Um. I do like though that he's like, he's like, what did you make? And what does he say? He's like, uh, bell peppers and beef, dude. Yeah, bell peppers and beef. Yeah, and, and Spike sits down to eat it, and he's like, there's no beef in this. <laughs> yeah, you can't call it bell peppers and beef with no beef, can you? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, so we kind of get hit with a not necessarily a lot of information, but it definitely gives you an idea of like what these guys are doing really quick. Um, so. Jet, we haven't heard his name yet, but I'll just tell you, Jet is uh, explaining to Spike, well, number one, he didn't put any meat in it because they don't have any money because of how much money Spike lost on their last contract. Um, and we find out their new contract is this guy named Asimov. Um, and he kind of shares some information about him, how much he's worth and stuff like that. Um so we kind of get the idea here that they are space bounty hunters, essentially. Yeah. Um, and Spike says that he doesn't feel like going after this Asimov guy because he doesn't think that the reward he's, is high enough. He's a small fry. Yeah, he calls him a small fry, even though the reward is like what? They call him, they call it Wulongs. Woo, yeah, I think he's three million is it three? Yeah, three million, I think, is what they say his reward is. Um. But then Jet mentions that uh, Asimov was last seen going to Tijuana. And so Spike's like, oh, man, they got really good food in TJ. <laughs> yeah, he does say TJ. Yeah. Um, and this is not like Tijuana on Earth. This is literally like a an asteroid, right, that they're hey. calling Tijuana? Yeah, it's just like another hospitable planet, I guess. Yeah. Um, which I do like some of these shots. So they go to this place where it's uh, Tijuana and you see like 
an asteroid with like a huge dome built on it. And that's where like the city is, which I do like stuff like that. I think that's very cool. Um, And this was probably a bit ahead of its time as far as showing a lot of that stuff um, on screen, I think. Um, Obviously, sci-fi was a big thing, but then trying to combine it with like a Western feel, I don't think that that was probably an easy task. Probably not. It's a weird setting. Sure. Um, Yeah, so Spike ends up getting in a small ship and... uh, he says he's going to go check in with the old bull. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go check in with old bull. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Um, uh, yeah, so this was, I, I kind of just put some notes down right here that I was talking about. I do like a lot of the style on this. Like, I like how uh, Spike's ship rolls out and its wings are like folded up onto itself. And then they like unfold as he gets out on the edge of the uh, platform. And I thought that was a, he had to release like his magnets to let his ship off of the, off the bebop. Little detail stuff. Yeah. Which is pretty good. I mean, there's stuff that comes out these days that doesn't even have that much attention to detail. So yeah. Um, Yeah. And then, so he flies down towards this, like I said, it looks like an asteroid with like just a big space station looking dome on it, which I'm assuming is where Tijuana's at. It's um, like a biodome. Yeah. Uh, and then we, uh, we as the viewer jump down there ahead of him and it just kind of is like panning through the streets and we see that it's kind of, kind of a shithole. It's not like super nice. Um, you know, it shows like a lot of garbage and just nasty streets and stuff like that um but i do like this part where it jumps to the guys playing cards <laughs> the old guys <laughs> you're stealing from me again yeah you guys wouldn't even be here be my best buddies <laughs> yeah and the other guy's like we were those we are, buddies <laughs> yeah we're those buddies you're talking about yes we are <laughs> it is pretty funny um and then we see uh so we see Asimov walk in with this other gal who is, uh, she looks extremely pregnant. They walk into this bar where those old guys are playing cards. Um, and everybody kind of stops to look over because the gal that Asimov walks in with is like, you know, very beautiful. Um, and uh, Asimov is Gene from Samurai Champloo. He is? Yeah, it's totally the same guy. Yeah, they just Gene. throw away Gene like that. Yeah, I know. Oh, spoiler alert. But yeah, I know. I was kind of bummed out about that, too. I didn't know that was Gene. That bugs me out. I fucking love Gene. I know. Um, So they sit down at the bar, and Asimov asks for a a beer. And then the lady asks for a Bloody Mary, like a double Bloody Mary. And the bartender kind of looks at him funny, and he's like, he's like, I have the vodka, but I don't have any tomato juice. And Asimov's like, I'm sure you have some in the back. And he pulls out like this little vial that has a bunch of red liquid in it. Well, he just opens his coat up actually. And like shows him a little bit. Yeah. He shows him the, yeah, just like the edge of the red vial. And so the bartender is like, let me go check. And Asimov follows him into the back of the bar. And as they do that, a car pulls up outside and a bunch of dudes jump out, just loading guns. So I do kind of like, cause at first I was like, how are all these dudes rolling around with guns like all the time? 
but the whole point of it, I think, is it's supposed to be very much Wild West style. You know right. what I mean? I mean, how are you going to police the entire galaxy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. That's why people got bounty hunter shit on them, because probably the police can't do it. Yeah. Which we haven't got into that yet, but I'm sure it's going to come up. Yeah. Um, so the bartender asks uh, Asimov to prove that this is like premium. Real do they call bloody it? eye. Yeah, they call it bloody eye, right, at this point. Mm-hmm. Which uh, uh, makes sense. And fuck this drug. Oh, my God, I would never do this. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of those things. It's like, you know, where it uh, it weirds you out that people still do like heroin because, like, you know, heroin just ruins you. And yet people still do it. This is like one of those kind of drugs. <laughs> I, that's not even what I mean. I mean, from like the application of, of like how to use this drug creeps me out. So like oh, yeah. the way that he uses it, he like takes it and puts it in this little thing, basically like what you would they use in prey for the neuromods, and he puts it up to his eye and sprays the the, the bloody eye into his eyeball. Like, yeah, like atomizes it. Open eye. Yeah. Oh my god, fuck that. And he sprays it in both eyes, and immediately like his uh, the veins in his eyes pull all the way to the center, and yeah. his like his pupils <laughs> and irises get really small. Yeah, and he starts freaking out. And so we jump back out to the main bar and, you know, we get some real like fan servicey shots. Like it's like from she does reach over and sip his beer, which I think is a neat animation. I've never seen anybody do something like that. Right. Um, And we also get like this shot that's like you can see like her chest and you can see those guys behind her. Like, so it's it's very much so uh, showing you like what the old guys are like looking at. Um. And then uh, those dudes come in, they like kick the door in and they just come in with guns blazing, like start shooting up the place. And they, the bartender is the first one to get shot like in the head. Yeah, he does get murdered. Um, and I did like this detail that we see through Asimov's eyes. So the screen goes like real red and everything looks like it's moving like in slow motion. Um, and we see the guy shooting Asimov, but clearly nothing's happening to him. Um, and he freaking comes out and he's moving so fast. He ends up like killing one of the guys and we see him like one of the guys shoots at him and the bullets coming at Asimov right between the eyes and he dodges out of the way is how fast yeah. he's moving. Um and uh, the gal manages to shoot one of the other guys. So they managed to kill all of these guys who busted in with their guns. Um, and then this is uh, where we jump over to Spike meeting with, I'm assuming is the old bull. I think he's so. Like a, he's like a native looking guy. And I just like that. He's got like a pile of sand underneath him and he's holding more sand in his hands and it's running through his fingers. Yeah. He's like letting it run down. Yeah. And Spike's like sitting there smoking like a big log pipe. And he's like, uh, he's, he asks if the guy has any food and you can just hear his stomach grumbling. Yeah, which he's hungry. Just reminds me of Samurai Shampoo, which is funny. It does. <laughs> where they're always hungry all the time. Anime is just about food, dude. I know. Um, and so then this, uh, the old guy tells him uh, the red-eyed coyote will appear in the Zona Norte at the north end of town. Okay. And he also swimming says, bird, right? Yeah. He calls Spike swimming bird, bird and he yeah. says, You swimming bird will meet a woman who will hunt you and someone will die. It's basically what he says. Um, 
And this is where Spike mentions he's been killed by a woman before. Yeah, he's so, like, oh, that makes sense. I've been killed by a woman before. Yeah. But you're right. That is him in that opening scene. Right. <laughs> is he and a zombie? I, I, I don't know. Or is he like a cyborg? I don't know yet. It hasn't <laughs> Actually, been revealed. I'm just a robot. All of these <laughs> antics are programmed. <laughs> um, uh, oh, okay, that's right. So then... Uh, that's right. Jet shows up at the bar where Asimov was. And yeah, he reaches behind the bar and like grabs a bottle to drink. Yeah, and, he's and like, and then he realizes people are coming, so he like hops and hides behind the bar. I just like how he's like, hmm. He he like says the name of like the whiskey or whatever. He's like, I'll have some on the yeah. house, and he just starts yeah. drinking it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You can explain this part. Well, yeah, these two goons come in and they're like talking about Asimov. Well, I, I don't remember if they mentioned him by name, but they talk they about do. like Asimov and yeah, how. Like a couple hit squads have gotten killed trying to capture him, but they have to get the bloody eye back. But he's essentially unstoppable while he's on it. Yeah, and then he yep. reaches over the bar and he's like, tell me more, and puts a gun like right in his face. Yeah, he like smashes the one dude in the face with the bottle. And then he, yeah, he like puts the other guy in a chokehold. Yeah, tell me, tell more. me more. I know <laughs> his voice acting is great. Jet, yeah, Jet is a funny character too. And it'll, it'll come up later on, but I do like Jet as a character. Um, so then, uh, I like too how he uh, we jump to Spike. He's like in his ship and he's like, oh, I'm so hungry. And then the, the ship starts beeping and he's like, oh, you're hungry too, huh, girl? Yeah. <laughs> um, so he goes down to get some fuel in his ship. And uh, while he is getting fuel, right, that's when the. Um, oh, that's right. We see Asimov, who is still like struggling assumingly coming down off of this bloody eye he's like sweaty and he's breathing hard and yeah he meets him in the bathroom yeah yeah because i'm assuming he was puking in the I think uh, so. in the yeah because jet's like or uh spikes like it's easier if you leave the sink running that way it won't clog <laughs> and asimov like started to grab a gun right when spike came up to him yeah. so yeah because he assumed spike was gonna mess with him but he doesn't Spike walks out and starts fueling his uh, his ship. But before he does, he bumps into that gal who has a bunch of groceries. And <laughs> this is hilarious because he knocks some stuff out of her hands and he hands it back to her. And she, he stole her hot dog and he has the whole thing in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> but like sideways. <laughs> and I love that he pulls it all back out. He's like, huh? <laughs> It's your hot dog. She's like, yeah. I can see that. <laughs> Anyways, he gives back all the stuff. He had apparently he snatched a bunch of stuff from yeah, her. Yeah, he gives he eats. She's like, You can eat the hot dog. And then he reaches back into his jacket and pulls out like four more things that he had picked <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> um and uh so he goes over and starts fueling his ship, and him and her kind of talk a little bit. And she mentions that she wants to go to Mars. And uh Spike mentions he was actually born on Mars. And they kind of talk about that Mars is actually where more of the sounds like it's kind of hoity-toity where the rich people yeah, live. The rich people live. Yeah, compared to the rest of the whatever galaxy or solar system. I, I don't know exactly how far this all goes. They haven't really mentioned that yet. Um, she finds out, though, that Spike is a bounty hunter and he basically is just like, I'm just old school. What's he say? I'm, a, I'm just a cowboy. Yeah, I'm just Which, a cowboy. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> Some of the stuff trying to meld the space and Western stuff is a little 
off for me. Like, like lines like that. I'm just a cowboy. It's like, and I get it. Maybe in this time, cowboy obviously doesn't mean the same thing because it's not like he's roping cattle. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but then uh, Asimov comes out and friggin' grabs Spike from behind and is choking the absolute shit out of him with his bare hands. Um, and I, yeah, I put this in the notes just because I don't want people to think like, oh, he's rear naked choking him. No, no, no. He picks him up with just his hands around his throat and picks him <laughs> off the ground. You were worried about the type of choke? He yeah, got up because, in an arm bar, dude. Well, the only reason I mentioned that is because like these days, yeah, you think of somebody choking somebody from behind, you would think, oh, yeah, they're going to rear naked choke him. No, no, no. This is no, he's it's like, yeah, he's like psychotically it. choking him. <laughs> um, and this gal tells Asimov to stop. So he lets go of Spike, who falls to the ground. But before he does, he reaches into Asimov's jacket and he gets the vial of bloody eye out. Um, yeah, he does like the deft, like as he's passing out, like sleight of hand slip into his jacket and grabs it. Yeah. And then uh, Asimov and this gal are driving away. And uh, she basically mentions like how, you know, she's telling him she's ready to leave. She wants to go to Mars. And that way they can be done with this life, basically, that they're living. Um, and then uh, Jet walks up on Spike, who is just laying on the pavement. And he's like, oh, yeah, and a nap. <laughs> I had a wonderful dream. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so they mentioned something about um, he wants to give up on the bounty, but it's something to do with the syndicate, and I don't know if it comes oh, up. Oh, I again. guess I didn't, I didn't catch that. Yeah, he mentioned something about the syndicate. Oh, yeah, they're the people who are making the drugs. They make the drugs, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because Jet mentioned something about that it takes two months to make one vial. Okay which is going to be important here in a minute. <laughs> um, and apparently this is why a ton of people are after Asimov is because of the stuff that he stole. And then that's when Spike shows Jet that he has the vial of uh, the bloody eye stuff. Um, and we see a couple of shots out like in space, I'm assuming right around this city uh, that the cops have like barricaded around the station because they know Asimov is there on the station. Yeah. Um, and Asimov is talking about that he needs to lay low because otherwise the cops are going to find him. And I love that we jump to a different place and we see the same three old guys playing cards again. <laughs> and the same old guy from before. <laughs> he's like, he's like, ah, you guys are cheating me again. I planted all these seeds here, me and my friends from back in the day. And then they go through the same bit again. The guy's like, we are those friends and we planted all these seeds. <laughs> I didn't think that was pretty funny. It, yeah, it's good. <laughs> um, and uh, Asimov walks up to a guy and sits down. And we can tell that it's Spike, but he's wearing like this gigantic sombrero and a he's poncho. He's got a poncho, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Asimov's trying to sell the product, right? And he says, I can't remember how many vials he says he has, but he says he wants to sell it for like 25 million or something like that. It's yeah. some crazy number. And Spike's like 15 million. So he just starts bartering with him for no reason. <laughs> um, he's like, but first you got to show me the stuff. And Asimov reaches into his jacket 
and it's gone. And Spike's yeah. like, Spike, you looking for Spike this? Holds it up. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I told you you were a small fry. And he friggin' throws the vial up in the air and he shoots it out of the air. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming just to, uh, I don't really know why. That's just how his attitude is, I guess. Um, and then they proceed to fight, which judging by the way Asimov freaking, you know, was fighting before I was, I assumed Asimov was going to whip Spike's ass. But I think he's not on the bloody eye right then, right? Yeah, he's not. He's still, I'm assuming he's still like hung over from it, basically is what it looks like. Um, and Spike actually whips his ass. <laughs> and I love in the beginning that Spike is just fighting with his arms like under the poncho. And yeah, he's just, dude, like, he's just like dropping kicks on him. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty funny. Um, and as they're fighting, a ton of dudes roll up and just start shooting the place up like crazy apparently this is just what you do in the future western yep um because they roll up with like full automatic guns that are just shooting everywhere and we see that this gal she gets hit like it streaks across her stomach uh and she's not pregnant but it rips her shirt open and a ton of these vials of this bloody eye start falling out of her shirt yeah absolute shitload of them yeah um and so they get in the car to run and Asimov is pissed at her. He's like calling her an idiot and saying that if she's going to screw this up for both of them. And we see like, she's super emotional about it. Like you get that real like slow zoom in on her face. Just looks all hurt. <laughs> um, and then uh, Jet shows up to help Spike out. I do like though that Spike jumps on top of those guys car and he just like kicks all of them that are hanging out the window. <laughs> yeah does look pretty funny um and then spike manages to get into his jet and start following them which there's there's little parts in the show like that that kind of are weird to me because how far away was his jet were they still like right there at the, uh, I, I don't just know. little yeah little stuff like that where you just kind of have to be like oh okay he's doing this now um so asimov while they uh they run up and they uh, they hijack like another plane, right? To try to get off of the, yeah, like another ship. Yeah, off planet. And um, while they're flying away, Asimov freaks out and he takes one of the vials and just smashes it into his eye, like breaks it in front of his eye, so all the shit goes into his eye. Yeah, dude. Um, He's hulking so- out. Yeah, not like a little bit of spray, not little spritz this time. It's the whole vial in his eye. And uh, the chick's like freaking out at the same time. She's like, you're going to get us killed. What are you doing? Because they're flying straight towards this like police barricade, basically. Um, and uh, as they're flying out, she's like, I guess I'm never going to see Mars. And Spike's like flying up on them. And we hear a gunshot. Well, Spike flies up next to him and right before that asimov was like losing his shit like his eyes were all huge dude he looks really cool actually (laughs) he's like breathing super heavy yeah and uh we hear that gunshot and um she uh spike rolls up next to him flies up next to him and we see that she had shot asimov in the head to kill him yeah um and as 
Spike flies alongside them, the cops open up on Asimov's little ship and just start shooting the absolute shit out of it. Like, shoot it into pieces. And we see her come flying out, like, into space, and, like, the bloody eye vials are just, like, flying out all around her. So it's all destroyed, basically. Yep. And they didn't collect the bounty. They didn't collect anything because all of the bloody eye, I'm assuming, is ruined too. So they can't, they can get no payoff basically for this. <laughs> um, and we jump back to uh, Jet and Spike are on the bebop. Jet's cooking again and Spike's training again. And I like that he's like, dinner's ready. <laughs> he calls it the same thing. He's like, bell peppers and beef. And it's the same, same. They only have bell peppers, no beef. <laughs> um, I did like that little, little bit too, that um, while they're talking, he freaking tosses Spike his cigarette, but it's in zero G. So it just goes straight across and he catches yeah. it. <laughs> I do like stuff like that. Um, and that's the end of the episode. Um, and I did put a little note in here that there is a, uh, you know, next time on Cowboy Bebop. But I usually never watch any of those, while, especially while we're doing this show. Um, so I didn't get any spoilers for the next episode uh, at the end of this one. I don't remember. I, I watched it, but I don't remember what they say. Right. Um, they definitely yeah, talk I, about a, a dog showing up. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I remember these from back in the day when uh, we had to actually wait an entire week for an episode to come out. So that was kind of an interesting thing to see, like what might happen next. But these days, when you can just go straight to the next episode, it's not nearly as necessary. So, uh, yeah, with that, you want to move into the next one? Yeah, let's move on to episode two Straight Dog Strut. I'm, I'm going to let you do the Japanese. I can't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so Stray Dog Strut, the storyboard for this one was also Shinichiro Watanabe. Uh, this one was directed by Ikuro Saito. I'm assuming it's Saito, not Saito, but I'm, I'm not sure. Um, and again, please feel free to email me and correct me. That's fine. Just know that I am not purposely trying to say them wrong. I am honest, trying to give it an honest go. Um, and then this one was written by Michiko Yokote. Yokote? Yokote. I don't know. That one, I, I got nothing on that one. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, the original air for this one was uh, on the Wow Wow Network. was October 31st, 1998. And then the English dub was September 3rd, 2001, which you'll notice is the same date as the first episode. Oh, did they air like in a block? They must have, because again, these first two episodes did not come out on that Japanese network, and I do not know why that is. Um, so with this one, we open up straight into the actual like opening sequence uh, song thing, which I put it in here again, is that I, I just, I don't like it. It sounds like a, it just sounds like a James Bond movie joke. Like it, it just got that. I don't know that very, uh, and maybe they started it. I don't know. Maybe they started that very like espionage, like joke kind of thing. Just maybe. seems like something that would be on like the naked gun, you know, or something like that. Uh, yeah, that is true. <laughs> um, so 
let's see. I put another. Uh, oh, that's right. Uh, I put this in here too because uh, coming off of Charlotte, I gave Charlotte some praise in their opening sequence. They don't. The opening sequence kind of changes as the show goes on, mm-hmm. um, and they don't tip their hand as to who upcoming characters might be. But in this one, they definitely do because they keep showing four characters in this opening sequence. So, yeah, and I think we meet one of them. I think we also meet one of them in these. Not in, in this uh, episode. Not this one, but in the next episode. Unless you count the dog. True. Um, but I just, and it's not like a big deal. I just, I happen to notice it that they are, you know, and I don't know if I'd call it spoilers and I don't even know that it matters, but I just noticed it. That's all. Um, so in this one, we open up with a guy, he's like standing in a bathroom stall and he's taking a headband off of his head and he throws it in the toilet and he flushes the toilet. And all I could think is that's going to plug the toilet. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought th- that's funny that I thought the same thing. I was like, <laughs> Is that really the best way to dispose of like bandages? <laughs> right. Um, then we see a case next to him on the ground and it's like, kind of looks like a briefcase, but it's like rattling back and forth. Like maybe something's inside of it trying to get out. Uh, and some dudes come running into the bathroom and they all have guns. Like I said, this is definitely some wild West shit. And they point them at the stall and they're like, it's all over Abdul Hakim. And, uh, the one guy is just getting ready to shoot in there and he kicks the door open from the inside of the stall. And I like that there's three guys standing right there. And one of the guys is like, what, you want to fight? You're crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. And uh, this Abdul Hakim proceeds to whip the shit out of all three of these guys in like less than a second. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. He's badass. Yeah. And we should mention too, he's super tall. Like, yeah, he's crazy tall. Yeah, he's probably like a foot taller than any of those guys that he tried to fight him. And he also has like an afro kind of thing going on. So it makes him look even taller. <laughs> um, but he definitely stands out as a character. So, it, but we, I need to keep that in mind because it kind of comes up later on. Yeah. Um, and I, don't we see his, uh, his case too that he has on the ground? And it rattles a little bit. Yeah. 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 It rattles. And then he, yeah, he picks it up after he kicks the shit out of those guys and walks out with it. Um, and then we see, we go back to, uh, the bebop is getting ready to land and they're going through those space ring things. Um, so, okay. This is the first time we see this big shot bounty hunters show. I want to know, I want to know your opinion on it. I fucking hate it. Okay. Me too. I fucking hate it too. I was watching this when dad was around. He's like, what the fuck are you watching? And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. It's. I don't I don't understand it being like a Mexican thing when the guy is clearly black. And yeah, I, I just don't understand it. Well, it's it almost seems like it's a joke for the sake of being a joke, but I it's like a zany, like who howdy boys and girls do yeah, like, exactly. but it's like it's like why? This is kind of some serious shit they're talking about. There's supposedly this is this show is handing out information to bounty hunters all around their star system. Okay. And it always says like 300,000 bounty hunters or whatever. And in this one, they're handing out information about this Abdul Hakim guy, but I 
just don't understand the tone of it. Yeah, why is it such like a joke? I don't know. Like that's fine. That's fine if you want to have a show that hands out information about you know high-ranking bounties throughout the system. That's that's kind of a cool concept. Yeah, but this I I can't stand it, and it always has like this stupid like pew pew like gun sounds going off, and I, yeah, I do not like this part of the show at all. Yeah, it's definitely uh, not just you. I don't like it either. Okay. Uh, so yeah, this show hands out some information about Abdul Hakim, and it shows a picture of him, which we should mention is not what he looked like in the beginning of the show, and that'll come. Yeah, up here I was minute. like, wait a minute, that guy was black. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, so right after Spike watches this, uh, he gets like a uh, <laughs> he gets like a Zoom call on his right, TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and he answers it, and it's a video call of this uh, like professor-looking guy in a lab. And um, Doctor What? The uh, he says that he has information about Abdul Hakim if Spike will pay him. And I love that he's like 300 wulongs and Spike's like, I'm pretty short on cash right now. Yeah. So the guy's like, he's like, all right, 280, but you have to promise me something. Spike's like, what? He's like, you give him a good punch for me or something like that. <laughs> um, Cause apparently Abdul robbed this guy's uh, lab and then he got surgery to change the way he looks. Um, and that's the information this guy has is what he looked like before his surgery, right? Yeah. Does he not pass that information on, though? Because it comes up a little bit no, later. He, he tells him about the case that's very distinct that he will be carrying with him. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because he doesn't show him a picture or anything, right? Mm-mm. Okay. Um, so then we also see... Uh, Oh, that's right. I, ha- I put this in here too because I'm. I think they're on Mars at this point, right? I think, I think so. they mentioned that. Um, I just like this shot from space, looking at this city. So the city is down in like a huge crater, and then around the edge of the crater, there's like these towers and a wall that are like producing atmosphere that is flowing down into the crater, and it looks really cool. Um. There's no like dome over this city. The the atmosphere is being produced right there. And I'm assuming that like because it's in the crater, it's keeping it within the crater, which is very cool. Um, I just thought I'd point that out because I like that as a detail. It is cool. Um, and then we see uh, Abdul is on the phone with somebody and he's talking about that he has the goods. And uh, yeah, this is when the uh, scientist mentions to Spike that he's going to look different than uh, Spike might have seen already. Um, I this is uh, I only put that in here too because uh, we we cut back over to Abdul, and he's walking into like this restaurant slash bar, and he has to duck to get in the door. That's yeah. how fucking tall he is. Did they make him taller? Maybe. That would make sense. Just the only to, thing that to, to me that seems odd about this plastic surgery shenanigans is like he made himself so obvious. Yeah, I was gonna like say I he don't understand the tactic of trying to hide by having like a seven foot tall afro. Yeah, exactly. And the only black person that I've seen <laughs> in the show. Right. It doesn't really make sense. <laughs> um yeah, other than the guy on the uh, zany show. 
Yeah, that's true. You're right. I didn't think about that. I, I, yeah. I don't. I black out during those parts. Yeah, yeah, and it's also pretty ridiculous on that show. Not to go back to it, but that the chick has like her her I jacket undone just really enough don't to talk about it. It just shows, yeah, like side boob, uh, like in the middle, like just you could see her whole chest except for her nipples. It's very yeah. weird. Anyways, um, so. Abdul goes in here and he orders like a drink. And as he does, he like bumps into this guy and the guy like spills a little bit of his drink. The guy bumps into him. I think they were doing it intentionally. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, <laughs> the guy like kind of is like, you know, wants to start a fight with Abdul, which I'm not really sure why you'd want to fight. it. He's literally twice the guy's height. Like he's two times taller than him. And uh, Abdul smashes this bug on the bar. And then he puts it in the drink and he force feeds it to this guy who's trying to fight with him. <laughs> like he grabs the dude by the face like and the opens face. his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and dumps the drink in the guy's mouth. It's fucking crazy. Um, and while Abdul is doing this, he took his eyes off his case and some other guy grabs it and runs out with it. He snatches it. Um, and Abdul goes outside Runs around the corner to try to find this guy, and the guy's gone. But we see that the guy jumped in the back of a garbage truck <laughs> that was going by, which was pretty clever. Um, and while he's in the back of it, he opens the case to see what's inside. And it kind of does a weird thing where we like see inside the case looking at the guy when he opens it. And we hear a growling sound, and the guy's like, no, and he like slams it shut. So <laughs> um and uh yeah so then we see the freaking bebop comes down into this thing and it also apparently could just land yeah it's also a water plane yeah it's also just like a regular ship i'm glad that you noticed that too because i was like wait a minute this thing also it's a spaceship that can land on water what the fuck yeah apparently yeah it's also yeah like a pirate ship as well yeah it's a pirate ship (laughs) yeah that's a good point i didn't think about that (laughs) yar um so Spike mentions he gets back in his little red ship and he leaves and he's going to go after Abdul this time because Abdul is worth 8 million Wulong instead of the three that uh, Asimov was worth. Um, and then we see a couple of guys in this truck talking about Abdul and it's like a really weird looking truck has like it is a weird truck like big tall antennas coming off the top. It looks like a pill bug with just antennas coming off the top of it. Um, anyways they're talking about how abdul has like no idea what he stole like how much it's worth and they're kind of playing the uh the noun game a bit like they want us as the people watching to be like what is it who is it who are they like you know um but i just like i think it's at this part too the guy driving is talking and the passenger like everything the guy driving says the passenger is just like seems that way seems yeah, that way <laughs> i was i'm glad you mentioned that because i was gonna say something that is that's all he says i'm pretty sure it seems that way it is no matter seems what the driver way. said yeah, yeah he just says seems that way <laughs> I, I did i laughed at that because it comes up again too and it is funny yeah it's pretty funny um so we see spike he goes into like this like a uh, weapons shop type thing and uh he asks the guy where he might find a pet shop and the guy's like, what kind of pet shop? He's like, a shady one. <laughs> yeah, he does say a shady one. Which I just think is funny because it's like, what the hell is a shady pet shop? But yeah, it's um, like exotic stuff you're not supposed to have. 
Yeah, and that makes sense. Yeah, but I just did, I I don't know. It made me laugh. Um, and he like gets on this guy's good side because the first the guy's like, "Hey, man, you can buy anything you want on Mars, from weapons to people." And Spike, you know, he wants the information about the pet shop, and to get the guy's trust, he's like, "Oh, hey, I see." He like points out some like nunchucks. He's like, "Long chain on this one, something something like the dragon style, huh?" And apparently the guy is like impressed that he knows that. So he's like, just tells him what he wants to know. Just yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he's like, Oh, you know, your nunchucks. Yeah. Anyway, Pretty good. Uh, eye. we see the, uh, the guy who stole Hakeem's case go to this pet shop. Uh, and he wants to have the owner look in it to tell him like what it is. And this, this lady is crazy looking. It looks like she has like a turtle hat on, but it's actually a turtle I think, sitting. I on think it head. is a turtle. Yeah, isn't it, it? It is. Yeah, yeah. Because later on, you see it, its legs like and its head up. come out. Yeah. yeah, which is it is funny. Um, uh, and so as this guy, is, he gave her this case to look at, and uh, he's looking in a fish tank, and he looks through the fish tank, and Spike is on the other side. And yeah, I he like wait, this. doesn't he wave his gun at him and like point it up? He. He points up, and as the dude stands up, he he just pulls his gun oh, over okay, the top, yeah. <laughs> which is pretty funny. And then he's like, uh, says something about like, "What's the matter, Hakeem? You got no more money left after all those surgeries or something, yeah. plastic surgeries." Um, and somehow, I didn't fully understand this that Hakeem didn't have the case locked. Like everybody See, else I was thinking about it. that too because they actually show her like putting in the combination and opening it. Yeah, which the other guy did too in the back of the garbage. I, I truck. know. I, so, I, I was thinking about that too. It is a little a little odd. Yeah. Anyway, she opens it and she's like, "Oh, look! It's a this is a Welsh corgi, and it's yeah. just a little corgi guy, a little corgi dog, um, and it is a really cute corgi drawing in anime. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I like how she's like they're." You know, something about them being, uh, they're popular, but they're very common. She said, you could sell it for two. And the guy's like, 200? No, two. Like, no, no, two, two oolongs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so Spike immediately loses interest. He's like, ah, whatever. And uh, he basically says that it was a mistake, you know, that this guy clearly, he, does he know at this point that that's not Hakeem? Or does he just basically, he's like, whatever. I think he just, I think he, I think he says like, oh, I got the wrong guy. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is, too. And then as he's walking away, um, we see that weird truck again go past him. And then we also see Hakeem walk past Spike. And this is where you really see how tall he is, because Spike barely even comes up to, like, his chest. Yeah, he's huge. Um, and uh, that's right. Then the guy who stole the dog is still trying to sell it to this lady when Abdul shows up and grabs the dog. And also Frankie points a gun at the guy and he's like, you know, you stole my dog or whatever. Um, but the dog manages to jump and run away. Um, this is where you really find out that the guys in the truck are looking for the dog. They don't necessarily care about Hakeem. They want the dog. Um, and I don't know if they say it at this point, but if they say something about a data dog. Um, uh, I don't remember if it comes up now or later. I don't remember. Yeah. Basically, though, Spike sees, too, that there's a ton of commotion. Um, and <laughs> I forgot I put this in, too, because it plays like this song. So the dog is running. 
and Spike is chasing the dog, and then Hakeem is chasing the two of them, and then the truck is also there. And it it literally is just like this, I don't know, one of those goofy like songs. Like it it feels very out of place for a a show music over it too. Yeah, and for a show that has a lot of like good music, I would say this one feels very out of place to me. Um, yeah, I agree. I do think that this chase scene is kind of funny though, because the dog, there's like a bunch of guys playing like, uh, um, you know, whatever, like chat or uh, chess or something like that, where they have like a bunch of stuff on the table, and the dog like runs under the table, and then Jet jumps over the table, and then Hakeem just runs through the table. <laughs> yeah. So I do think that kind of stuff's pretty funny, and then that gets the uh, the dudes in the truck stop because. Uh, they obviously now all the guys are pissed that they ran through their table. So they stopped these two guys from chasing him. Um, and then Abdul ends up catching the dog and they uh, they're on like a little bridge, right over like a canal. <clears throat> and the two of them start to fight, which, you know, Spike is a really obviously versed at fighting. And Hakeem also seems pretty good. They're actually both like trading blows this time instead of, Spike just whipping his ass. It doesn't even say he's like pretty good, Hakeem. Yeah, that's exactly what he says. <laughs> um, but as they're fighting, a boat goes underneath them on the canal, and the dog jumps off onto the top of like this uh, like canvas on top of the boat. And so Hakeem turns and jumps, and then Jet j- or uh, Spike jumps right behind him, and <laughs> the the dog jumps towards them in only a way a cartoon could work and the dog goes past hakeem hakeem lands on the boat and the dog latches on to spike's face and the two of them fall in the water behind yeah, the boat. It, it like stops all his forward momentum so he just <laughs> yeah. falls right down yeah exactly it is very silly looking um and so uh i think they go to uh they go back to the bebop right yeah he takes the dog back to the bebop and uh uh jet looks it over and jet gives it a collar and uh basically he's like why did you go through all of this to bring this dog back the dog is worthless because they don't know about the data dog it's a hundred percent mongrel yeah (laughs) um I do like though how Spike's like, this is why I hate dogs and I hate kids. And he points yeah. at the dog and the dog just like bites his finger, yeah. <laughs> um, which is pretty funny. And then this next part is hilarious because we see these two kids fishing in the canal. And then one's like, oh, I got a bite. I got a bite. And <laughs> as he's reeling it in, Hakeem just comes walking out of the water with the, yeah, with the, with the it like around his, his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and he asks the kids what time it is. And the kid's like, oh, it's 4, it's 4 p.m. And Hakeem's like, uh, two more hours, because that's when he's supposed to hand the dog off. And he, like, punches these two kids out of the way. Like, yeah, uh, from the middle. It's really, it's kind of funny. Um, and then we see those dudes in the truck again. And this is where I really caught on to the seems that way part. Because <laughs> everything that the driver says, the answer is always yeah, seems that way seems that way <laughs> um this is when they talk about it being a data dog do they talk about using the dog whistle yet yeah i think this is where they say they might have to do it because they they got to find the dog 
Um, so this is where they come up with the idea to take the dog back to the city because Jet and Spike are still just trying to catch Hakeem for his bounty. Yeah, so I don't they give take, a shit about the dog. Yeah, so they take the dog. Spike takes the dog back down, and uh, he basically is just hanging out with the dog because he thinks Hakeem will show up looking for the dog. Uh, Hakeem also calls his buyer, presumably, says he needs to delay the trade, but they basically are like, nope, no deal. And uh, I like this, that Hakeem sees uh, the fortune teller on the road, right? And he stops. Yeah, with his bird. <laughs> yeah, because the fortune teller is like, oh, you seem to be looking for something. So Hakeem's like, what? Yeah, and he goes over, and I love that. The dude has, like, all these cards in a little box, and the bird hops along the box and pulls out a card. <laughs> but it's it's actually, like, 100% accurate because the, the guy's like, oh, what you're looking for is going by right now. And the, yeah. all the dogs go running by. Because <laughs> um, this is right when they set off the dog whistle, like, right yeah, at the same and time. and I do like that part where they turn the dog whistle on, and the guy's like, hmm. I don't hear anything. It's like, it's a sound only dogs can hear. He's like, I knew that. I was testing yeah, you. That was testing you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this see. Okay. And I will say that like, I, those kind of like the incidental shit in this show is amazing. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like the, the timing that's that I think is so is why the um like the, bounty hunter show bothers me so much yeah it's just it's really weird because you know they know how to do it exactly yeah because they they know how to write the jokes the timing is great on a lot of jokes and but then you throw some stuff at that or you throw some stuff like that at me and i'm just like oh where did this come from <laughs> whose nephew did you let write this yeah. shit like <laughs> daddy look i came up with the bounty hunter tv show <laughs> <laughs> good job kid it's so zany yeah <laughs> that's just what it feels like to me it it's is. just like it is like a lot of zane for no reason yeah it's just so out of place uh, anyways um yeah and so the dogs all go running by because they set the dog whistle off so all like all the dogs in the area go running towards the truck and um they uh try to uh net the one dog um oh see and at the time actually like some of the stuff i didn't like comparing it to samurai shampoo some of the delivery of the jokes mm -hmm. but i think on because i watched it most of these twice so i think the second time around i i thought they were much funnier um the first time, though, apparently I didn't like it very much because I didn't think it was as well written as Samurai Champloo. But maybe that's because I just had a bad taste in my mouth from the freaking the yeah the Bounty Hunter show is pretty bad. Yeah. Um. So we see uh, Hakeem and Spike chase the dog now, and uh, Hakeem jumps into a car that he steals from a wedding. Yeah, they're like in the middle of a wedding and it's because yeah. it takes this really nice car. Yeah, and it says just married on the back, which is kind of funny. And pulling the cans and shit too, I think. Yeah, yep. Um, and the dog is like running down the street and he picks up the dog and then he like sprays it in the face with this stuff that just like makes it go to sleep. And uh, And I put this in the notes again because all of a sudden Spike is following them in his red ship. And I'm I like... I don't know. Maybe it's like one of those new Teslas where you push a button and it shows up wherever you're at. Just shows up. Yeah. Well, maybe. Um, anyway. Yeah. He, uh, 
Spike like uses his ship and he's like bringing it down like on top of the car. <laughs> he's like smashing it. Like yeah. <laughs> um, and then that weird freaking truck that the scientist dudes are in shoots like a harpoon gun into the car to try to grab a hold of it. And then the the dog, the corgi, wakes up and it just jumps onto the steering wheel and starts pushing buttons. Yeah. To, to crash the car, apparently. Um so the dog falls off the bridge that they're on. They're on like this causeway type thing. And Jet manages to catch the dog in, or Jet, Spike. I keep saying Jet, Spike, manages to catch the dog in his jet. Uh, and then the uh, the car and the truck both careen off the freaking bridge. And uh, yeah. And then we go back to the Bebop, right? Where they're watching the zany show again. Yeah. Um the uh where they're talking about what happened to Hakeem that Hakeem was apprehended yeah, he, but he by had the police. A, a spectacular way of handing himself in as I think yeah. is what they say. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty um, funny. And it, this is where they talk about the data dog that it's supposed to be like a dog that has like a bunch of data inside of it, but it's also right. supposed to be super smart. Yeah. But they don't really get into it very much because it's top secret. Yeah, because the lady's like, what's a data dog? And he's like, if I told you that, I'd have to kill you. Yeah. Just, that's kind of funny, but just the delivery is so bad. Like, is bad. Howdy, howdy, amigos. It's so it, weird. Yeah, I agree. It just, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it fits the show is all. Um, but yeah, so we... Uh, this, so I didn't really get this part either. While they're while they're watching it, it clips over. We see the uh, pet store lady also is watching it, and the guy who initially tried to sell her the dog is cleaning, like paying her because you know they cause a lot of damage. But then also that guy who Hakeem force fed the drink to walks up with his like mouth all bandaged up, and like waves at him. I. Well, yeah, because they were trying to... They, that's how they robbed him in the beginning was when they bumped him and okay. he took the case right then. Okay. That makes complete sense. Okay. I don't know why that went over my head the first time I watched oh, it. Oh, dude, I'm a moron. Like, I, I, I've watched it probably three times and I still don't know exactly what happened. <laughs> that makes sense, though, what you said. Um, yeah, and then we see that uh, Jet and Spike have the dog on the ship and I like that the dog is just like... It's part of the ship now. Like it jumps up on the table and he's like, no dogs on the table. And it starts to shake off. <laughs> like, I don't know. It is funny. Um, but that's the end of the episode. Yep. Got any more on that one before we move on? Oh, I, I like the second episode. It's pretty good. I do too, actually. I did like the second episode a lot. Other than the uh, freaking show, but <laughs> it's yeah. just me. Um, okay, so with that, we'll move on to episode three honky tonk woman and uh the storyboard for this one was by kazuki akane akane not too sure on that one uh this one was directed by kunihiro mori and it was written by ryota yamaguchi and kaiko nobumoto um yeah, and the original air for this one. So this one was the first one that came out on the Tokyo TV, apparently. Really? Uh, so this is, I mean, I guess it makes sense they start here, but... 
Yeah, I mean, it, it could make sense as an opening show, too. Well, I mean, I haven't seen past this, so it's kind of like I fucking act like I know what's going to happen. Yeah, I would, just judging by these first couple episodes, each each episode so far, I mean, there is a little bit of carry through, but they definitely seem like it's very much like Samurai Shampoo was, where each episode is a standalone story for the most part. Not necessarily. See, I, I um, thought they were kind of episodic because the dog shows up in the third episode. No, no, so I'm no, assuming no. that they just got him, right? Yes. No, you're correct. That that's I know what you mean. It's like they're like isolated incidents. Yeah, I would say it's it's not so much like uh you know, like like Dragon Ball Z, where like yeah, it's like every episode is six days. Yeah, exactly. Damn, it's gonna explode in five minutes. Let me charge up the spirit bomb for three weeks. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. they each episode, I think, and I if I had to guess, uh similar to like how Samurai Champloo was, if they carry through, the episodes are named as such. It'll be like a part one and part two. You know what I mean? Probably. I guess I haven't even looked at the episode list. I bet you're right on that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see later on. Um, okay, so and then the original air for this one on the Wow Wow Network was November 7th, 1998, and the English air date was September 10th, 2001. Um. Oh yeah. Okay. So this episode opens up in like this little tiny shop uh, at night in the city, and uh, there's a guy in there. He's smoking a pipe, and this very scantily clad lady walks in. Um, and she grabs a cigar off of the counter and asks. Uh, he asks her if she wants a job there, and it's very like. Uh, she says like I like your glasses, and he's like I like everything about you. It's like yeah. super creepy. Um, so she like turns and sees though, that there's somebody outside and we get an outside shot and these guys are walking up. These three guys walk up to the outside and it says it's an herbal medicine shop. Um, and she pulls out a gun and loads it. And she's like, you know, the first rule of combat. And she turns and she just like starts shooting the shit out of the front of the store and shooting at these guys outside. And, uh, they all like dodge this side. She says, uh, you shoot them before they shoot you. <laughs> and right after this, a guy pulls up in a car with a mini gun sticking out of the top of it yeah, and starts like shooting into the shop. <laughs> yeah. Um, and starts shooting into the shop. Okay. And it's a really small little store. And he manages to hit neither one of them somehow. I, I don't think they were trying to kill her. Well, maybe you're right. I don't but know if I'd use a mini gun. Next- yeah, you're right. It is like an interesting way to do like a warning shot. <laughs> yeah. it, it is lovingly animated though. I'm like breaking all these jars and shit. And there's like an eel that falls on the ground. It's all gross and yeah. slimy. Like it's really cool. Yeah, I agree with you. I just, if I, uh, if I take it at face value, it's very cool. If I scrutinize it, I'm like, wait a minute, what? You I'm going to knock I mean? you out with this non-lethal shotgun. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, uh, so then we jump to, we see that the gal is like surrounded by a whole bunch of dudes and they're all holding their guns like in her face and stuff. Um, and then we jump to a ship and it looks uh, like a roulette wheel, right? I don't think Kinda? that's like quite the, yet. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. No, no, no. But you're, I think I put it in the notes when we do come up to that part, because this ship has that kind of same, uh, it just looks like a big, uh, almost like the bebop just bigger but with it has like a ring around the outside um it doesn't look like the roulette thing yet though 
because I think I put that in the notes. Um, but uh, yeah, so this guy is saying that uh, this girl's name is Alice, the Queen of Hearts. Um, and apparently she is like this legendary Lady Luck. Um, She's supposed to be like over 200 years old or something like yeah, that. I was going to say this part's a little fuzzy, though, to me. Because of that, he she mentions she's like, if I were the real Lady Luck, I'd be over two hundred years old. Or are they just mistaking her for somebody else? Like that's what I don't understand. Uh, and that could be. Um, but this guy basically says that she's also uh, the legend of Alice is that she uh, basically won every poker game she ever played, and she never cheated. And as he says this, he's like reaching up her. So she has like insanely short shorts on. He's like reaching up her leg in between her legs and he pulls a fucking card out from inside her shorts. (laughs) So, um, yeah. You know, you got to keep one up there just in case you play poker. Yeah. And it, of course, I think it's like an ace of hearts. So, um, this is when they show the casino where it okay. looks so cool as a space station. Badass. Cause yeah, it looks like a giant like roulette wheel with like holographic numbers and like holographic, uh, like slot machine things all over it. It does look really cool. Um, and I, I didn't put it in the notes, but I think this guy basically says he's going to, uh, Alice is going to do something for him basically. I, Cause I she's, think, don't they explain it? I think so. He's going to be the dealer and some guy, a guy's going to walk up to your table and you're going to take all his money and then he's going to give his last chip as a tip. Yeah. I think they explain it to her what she's supposed to do. Yeah. I don't fully understand their plan. Honestly, I feel like it makes no sense, but whatever. Um, Yeah. And then he, he basically says that if she does this, all her debts will be forgiven basically. Um. And then we jump to um, Jet and Spike. They're in like a uh, elevator on this casino station. And uh, Jet's talking about like a dream that he had. And he's trying to like explain it to Spike. And Spike's just like, it's just a dream, man. It's not a big deal. But really like stuff that Jet alludes to is stuff that's going to happen in the episode, which is kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, they, yeah, there's like a dream thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do look, Spike like is smoking a cigarette and Jet's like, you can't do that here. So he freaking puts it in his mouth and eats it. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's crazy, apparently. Um, yeah. And then uh, Jet tells Spike not to like not to win too much money. Right. Because it'll be mm-hmm. too suspicious, basically. And then uh, as they're walking out, I like that Spike spits the cigarette into the ashtray but it's super cool because it has like a like an iris style lens thing on it so as soon as his cigarette falls into it it opens and lets the cigarette fall down below it and then closes again which is really cool uh and that dude the same three old guys from the first episode i didn't even realize it was (laughs) yeah it's the same three guys because jet or uh, spike walks up while they're playing and he's like he's like something about uh say your prayers and the old guy like wins a ton of money and spikes like he's like oh you know thanks for the tip and he grabs one of the tokens from those guys and that's what he takes over to the table to start playing with but yeah it's the same three old guys from the first episode i didn't realize that 
Uh, we see a couple of clips of Jet. He went straight for the slot machines, apparently, and he's he's winning some money at the slot machines. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did think this was cool. We see a couple shots of Spike like walking through the casino, and he goes past like a um, a huge room that's like a movie theater looking deal. Huge projector playing like an old silent black and white samurai movie in the background, which is that's pretty cool. Um, just as like an homage to that kind of stuff. I do like that. Um, and then we see uh, Alice from before is uh, she's the dealer at a blackjack table, the one that Spike goes to. Um, and as Spike sits down, she looks at like this little screen uh, down below the table in front of her. And there's a really glitchy, like for some reason, the screen is not in focus at all. It's like glitching around. Um and she sees a face on it, and she thinks that that's Spike. So she thinks Spike is the guy they were talking about. And we see she gets some inner dialogue, and it's like, oh, he's the one. Um, because apparently they have all this money, and they can't pay for TV little screens that work correctly. Nah, dude, that's that's a lot of overhead. <laughs> apparently. Um, this is where we jump. So it jumps back to um, him explaining to her exactly what you said. Oh, okay. That happens. What now. she's going to do. My bad. Yeah. No, that's fine. Um, but yeah. So he, the boss, explains to her what she's going to do, and it's exactly what you said. This guy's going to sit down, but, lose all but his money. Mike has the chip, though, right? No. They were it happens, faking it. No, it happens shortly uh, when he. Oh, gets I guess I just didn't chip. understand. Okay. Uh, yeah, it'll come up in just a second. Um, basically, Spike plays a bunch wins a shitload of money at the table and he's the only one still playing and uh she says it's going to be the final hand so he bets all of his money and he loses the final hand um and as he stands up he's like oh too bad i just got this one chip left and she like holds out her hand to take it as a tip because she's assuming that that's what's going on and he freaking this is when he uh oh that's right he he walks off he's like i'll keep it as a souvenir but then he bumps into the guy who was the real guy who was supposed to sit down at her table and play. Oh, okay. I guess, I guess I didn't understand that. Yeah. They bump into each other and that guy who looks similar to spike drops the token and they both drop their tokens and they end oh, okay. up. And he picks up the wrong one. Okay. Yeah. I guess I just didn't understand that. I'm just, little smooth brain yeah that's yeah this is when the exchange happened spike had no idea of like what was going on um this guy though was supposed to be the one to give her the token um she catches up to spike and she's like hey you were supposed to give me that last token or that last chip as a tip and he's like you were cheating the entire game and i didn't say anything about it Mm -hmm. so a bunch of people in the casino are like what did you hear that did you hear what she said um and then I, I don't know why this part makes me laugh. The guards walk up to Spike and they're like, um, he's like, he's like, uh, we need to see you in the office. We have some questions. And Spike goes, what kind of questions? And the dude just hits him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know why I did find kind of funny. Um, but Spike stands back up and he proceeds to beat the shit out of these two guys. And a bunch of other guards start coming over. And Alice, we see her, she like dips in between some uh, some uh, slot machines and she has this fancy little bracelet on, which she like 
it opens up and it has little buttons on it. She pushes a button and we see that she's like calling her ship to her apparently. Because it like wakes up, turns on at some other part of the station. Um, I do like to when while Spike's fighting, Jet walks up and he's got this huge case of tokens. Yeah, because he won a shitload. Didn't he? Yeah. He got the jackpot, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And he walks up and he's like, "Ooh, a fight!" And then he realizes that it's Spike, and he's like, "Ah, oh, Spike." Yeah. <laughs> um. But then Alice's ship shows up, which is a very cool designed ship. I do like that. Um, and it just it like shows up to pick her up, and Spike's like, "We got to get out of here." And Jet's like, "I haven't cashed in these tokens yet." Um. So she freaking gets in her ship. She loads up some like rockets and shoots her way out of this casino space station, presumably. Um, and jet and spike are like stuck on her cockpit, the windshield. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, this is when it clips over and we see that guy who spike bumped into, they beat the shit out of him saying he doesn't have the real chip. It was a fake. So, uh, they mean business too, because while this guy's beat up on the ground, the boss walks over him and just shoots him right in the head and kills him. I was like, "Oh shit!" Um, but this part I didn't really understand. Uh, apparently, Alice takes Spike and Jet back to the Bebop, and then they kidnap her. Yeah, right? see, I didn't understand that either. Like, how did they get one over Hunter? I yeah, because they were literally on the outside of her ship. So don't I don't fully understand this part. Either way, they lock her up in their bathroom. Um, and Jet's all pissed off because uh, how much money he didn't get to cash in. And she's like, 200000 that's chump change compared to what I owe or something like that. She's like bragging about how much money she owes people, which is probably not something you should brag about. I mean, <laughs> gotta be proud of something. Um. Yeah, and then she says something about the chip that Spike still has. So he freaking, that's right, he had eaten it earlier. And then he, he like, when he spits it out in his hand. <laughs> and then uh, this is when Jet looks into it and he's like, he says something about being a chip. And Spike's like, well, duh. And he's like, no, dummy, it's a microchip. It's a chip inside a chip. Um, yeah, so... Spike freaking turns the TV on and the big shot bounty hunters is on again. <laughs> I don't even remember. I didn't even write down what they say on this one. Cause I just, uh, was... they talk about her. I can't remember what her name is. Oh, Faye Valentine. Yeah. They talk about like she has like a $6 million bounty on her head now. Yeah, that's right. Um, like, Oh, well, we'll just turn you in and bada bing, bada boom. Right. She manages to make like a phone call though, right? On her little teeny tiny, um, her uh, yeah. like uh, bracelet thing, right? Back to the mm-hmm. casino boss dude and says that they, the Spike and Jet have the chip. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically they tell her, they're like, we're going to take you in and turn you in and collect the bounty on you. Um, but the... Uh, casino boss gordon calls spike and jet and demands that they give him the chip and that he will pay them 
you know, handsomely for the chip. Um, I just like to that. Uh, they, he's like, you got to give me that chip back. And Spike's like, Spike's like, nope, we're not giving you anything. Yeah, nope. <laughs> but Jet, Jet, like, explains that he knows what it is, and basically, it's like a a key to a key, right? Is how he explains it. Right, they because there's like this program that can hack anything, but in order to be able to use the program, you need the key to use it, which is what this poker chip is. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> so Jed explains that he used to work for this government agency that's looking for this chip as well. Uh, and he says they want 30 million Wulong for the chip. So uh, Gordon agrees to this. And uh, during this time, Alice, man, or uh, I, I still put it down as Alice. Her name is Faye. So Faye manages to uh, unlock her cuffs and she escapes the bathroom. And I like this, that she, uh, as soon as she walks out, she sees a little refrigerator and then it cuts away and it shows like um, some other stuff. It shows like that Spike goes to uh, Gordon's ship. And I like this, that it uh, shows it upside down, but because they're in space, it just flips the image over yeah. and makes that right side up, which I did. I kind of like that. It was kind of cool. Um, and then it immediately cuts back in the refrigerator that Faye saw is just she ransacked it and ate everything yeah, inside it, of it. Apparently. It's just like a couple seconds too, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay. She ate all the food. Yeah. Um, she tries to leave and the dog finds her and starts barking at her. And then uh we jump back to seeing that Spike is on the outside of Gordon's ship and um he has this huge like thing of money that he's supposed to uh, exchange for the chip. But Gordon basically says, as soon as you see the chip, just kill him. And we'll yeah. take the chip. So that case that he three. has is cool that it like folds up and opens and shows all the money facing out. Yeah, it's all like stacked inside. Yeah, so you could see all the stacks. It's really cool. Um, and they count to three, and the dude pulls a gun, and tries to shoot Spike, but because it's a spaceship, there's like spinning things on the outside, and there's like these big pillars. So Spike manages to get behind one of those and doesn't get shot, obviously. Yeah, and um, what he does to this guy is horrible. He like jumps up to him, kicks him, turns off his gravity boots, and like kicks him into space. Yeah, just kicks him out into space. And yeah. Ugh, oh, that guy's super dead. Yeah. <laughs> um and while this is happening, Alice manages to get I keep putting it down as Alice. Faye. Sorry, I put it as Alice in the notes the whole time, but Faye manages okay. to get on in her ship and um she comes down and she steals the money with like this little weird grappling hook thing. Yeah. She plays the claw game. Yeah. Uh, and it actually works for her because she grabs the, the box. So this is again, I don't like stuff like this. So they basically have a freaking sea whiz on their boat, which for anybody who doesn't know, that's, I, say, I don't know, please enlighten. Okay. So that's the kind of ship that Naval, uh, like Navy ships use to shoot rockets out of the air that are coming okay. at them. That's so it literally, cool. dude, it shoots like an insane rate. It's like 2000 fucking bullets a minute or something like that. It's so fast. It literally sounds like a continuous shot. Okay. 
That's like what they have on this. And it comes out and starts shooting at her and Spike and doesn't hit anything. It's no, nothing. It, they're horrible. Where they have aiming is terrible. Especially <laughs> yeah. because Spike like jumps away from the ship. So he's just floating right. in space, not moving very fast. Yeah. Does it, yeah. And they manage to hit nothing. So Gordon freaks out and he's like, ah, kill them all. And his ship, I do like these cool little like hidden rocket pods that rocket pop out pods, of the sides. Yeah, yeah cool. that was pretty badass. And it shoots like 50 freaking rockets at Faye as she's going away. She like hits a bunch of buttons on her ship real quick and it shoots like these little uh, decoy pods that go out and they explode and make the missiles hit them. Um, and somehow she manages to reverse the polarity on one missile. Yeah, I didn't really understand that. Like, hack the targeting system. Like, if it's that easy, why are people using missiles? Yeah, exactly. Missiles seem like they'd be very unreliable then if that's <laughs> yeah, the case. What happens to these guys. Yeah, and it manages to turn around and go straight back to Gordon's freaking cockpit and explode the cockpit of his ship, killing, um, presumably killing all those guys inside. Uh, yeah, I, I, I probably, I, I think so. All of them are dead. Meat chunks. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Jet manages to get over there and pick up Spike, who lands on the bebop, and he sees Alice fly away. Um, he still has the one, the microchip, though, right? Mm -hmm. That's the one chip he still has. And for some strange reason, now that I really think about it, we see them. I, I'm assuming they're not on the same casino. They might have gone to a different casino ship. Either way, they're back in front of a casino. He's like, well. This thing's pretty much useless now. But they literally said, like, the government's looking for it. I know. I didn't understand that at all. Like, don't you think somebody would give you some money? Right. Yeah, I I don't know. Either way, then we see he, like, looks up and he sees, like, this little twinkle of something, which is presumably is Faye leaving. And he's like, well, nothing to do now, but go play with it again. Uh, and that's it. That's the end of the episode. Yep. So with that, what are your kind of initial thoughts in these first three episodes. I like the voice acting. I do too. I like the attention to detail. I don't know. There's tons of stuff we didn't catch on, but they're, they're really consistent about like his cigarettes that he has. Like when he gets knocked out earlier by Asimov, it cuts back to the scene and there's a cigarette unsmoked on the ground. Right. There. I think that that's really cool. Mm -hmm. And I like I that the stuff Bounty too. Hunter show. Yeah. I was going to say it, it just has a lot of, um, I mean, I think overall so far, I like the show. Um, it just was very strange to me that you can have stuff like that. So good attention to detail to then having things like the big shot bounty hunter show that just don't, it just feels out of place. And I'm not even, I, I, I don't know. And maybe some people, hopefully somebody will write in and be like, that's my favorite part of the show. And I would love for you to explain to me why that's your favorite part of the show. Cause I I just don't like it. I don't think it fits in well enough. Yeah, I agree. But that's, that is my opinion. And uh, you're more than welcome to share yours with me. Again, please email us, kotpl.pod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, and let us know your thoughts on Cowboy Bebop. Please try not to spoil anything for us as we've not yeah, seen the show yet. Can't wait till you guys get to boop, 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 boop. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite part because boop, 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 boop. Like, please don't do that. Right. Yeah, we uh, we're definitely we're going through this blind. Both of us are, so we will. Uh, we've been trying to. If neither one of us has seen it, we try to watch the episodes as we do them, so we yeah. don't get way ahead. Um, 
But yeah, we would love to know your guys' thoughts on this. And uh, for anybody who's still with us, I know this episode's probably pushing like two hours. I know. Oh it's man, long. I'm so hungry. I'm sorry. I know. I'm pretty sure you said you were making rice before this. And oh yeah, that 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 was like an hour ago. It's been ready. Oh god, <laughs> starving. Okay. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Um, yeah. Again, if anybody, if you're still listening, uh, thank you. That's dedication. We appreciate it. Um. What uh what are we doing next time, Bo? What um is there anything we need to mention during this show? Yeah, about? so if you are a fan of our other shows like uh Knights of the Pages Library, the next book we will be doing is Gunrunner by Larry Korea, narrated by Oliver Wyman. So you guys probably know what expect what we think about that. But that'll be our next book that's coming out. Stay tuned for more anime squires. And we might we we have another show coming up soon too about video games but that's not released yet so i don't want to say anything but keep your eyes out for that uh yeah, yeah. I think that's it did i miss anything no i think that covers it yeah and uh we're just trying to kind of branch out to doing a couple other things we love audiobooks we love anime we love video games so we figure we might as well talk about all of them you know and we'll try to keep them as separated as possible for anybody so like if you love audiobooks but you hate video games we don't you know if you don't want to listen to both that's perfectly fine with us so mm-hmm. but yeah definitely look forward to that stuff coming up um yeah anything else oh i think i'm good and i think with that we will catch you guys in the next